listening to episode TT in Joe Boyd's A to Z. I've been going a bit easy on you lately. Most recent episodes have been pretty anglophone. It's time we go further afield to the island of Java. album that None Such Records put out back in the 1980s when their Explorer series was central to the label's identity. The record featured a singer called Ija Hadija singing in a style called Jaipong. Jaipong was a curious phenomenon. It was almost entirely invented by a man called Gugum Gumbira Tirasonjaja. As a youth, Gugum was a rock and roller but President Sukarno's call to focus on indigenous rather than foreign arts and music inspired him. He spent the late 60s and early 70s traveling through the Sunda region of western Java, collecting songs and dance styles. In the mid-70s, he started a label called Jugala. Nothing much happened for him until he discovered Ija, who was already established as a singer at the Wayang Golek Puppet Theater which adapted tales of the Ramayana into Javanese culture. From the moment of her first cassette release in 1980, she was a star. The title of this song is Tongeret, but whenever I hear it, I always imagine that she's singing Don't Get It. Dance was a key part of Gugum's vision. His touring group demonstrated choreography drawn from traditional village forms, particularly Ketuktilu, which included very erotic moves, often by dancers who sometimes doubled as prostitutes and danced with the village men as a kind of advertisement for their services. Young Sundanese loved these moves and improvised their own, much to the horror of their elders and of the authorities. Controversy about the salacious side of Jaipong ran neck and neck with national pride in a form that used traditional instruments, 
traditional Javanese singing styles and lyrics and was almost as popular as rock. Fifteen years after Jaipong's popularity had died out, I went to Asia for sales conferences at my label's distributors in Japan and Australia. I had a weekend between the two, and I decided to spend it halfway between them in the cultural heart of Java, Jogjakarta. I'd always loved gamelan music and had heard some in Bali, but I'd never been to Java. The musical craze of the 90s there was another Sundanese style called Dangdut. Japanese producer Makoto Kubota had become fascinated with Dangdut and gone to Java to make a record with the big star there, Detti Kurnia. And I loved what he came up with. late on Friday night and found the city center deserted. All I could find was supper. Saturday morning, I did the tourist thing and visited the Borobudur Temple north of the city. It was nice, but the bus schedule meant I had to spend two hours out there. By late afternoon, I realized as I wandered around the royal palace that my weekend was slipping away and I had precious little besides sightseeing to show for it. Then came a chance encounter with a guy strumming a guitar on a front porch in a quiet residential neighborhood. I asked if he knew where I could buy Dangdut cassettes, and not only did he, but he also tipped me to a Dangdut concert at the old bus station that evening. Then someone in an art gallery told me about a huge festival at the university where students from every island in the Indonesian archipelago were showing off their own culture with crafts and music. Then I spotted a sign advertising an all-night live radio broadcast from the Royal Palace of Wayang Kulit, the ancient puppet theater music. Suddenly, I had a very crowded musical agenda.
Dang Dude concert was surreal. Each band had a couple of girl singers trying to sound like Detty Kurnia. They all wore the shortest miniskirts imaginable, and the front of the stage was a virtual mosh pit of bearded and skull-capped madrasa students gazing upwards at the singer's knickers. Indonesia is suffering a pretty intolerant religious revival these days. I doubt there are any musical crazes like Jaipong's erotic dances or Dangdut's miniskirts. After the fascinating campus festival, I made my way to the royal palace for the most extraordinary gig of the evening. There were about a hundred chairs set out in this immense hall and maybe half a dozen people in the audience. One guy had his feet up on the next chair and was dozing. There was a small gamelan-style group with bowed instruments and flutes as well as gongs. A man seated above them at a lectern, chanting the text of the Ramayana, accompanied by the band. Then there were three or four women, their hair up in curlers, smoking, drinking coffee, and reading what looked like soap opera gossip magazines. Hey, it was radio. No one could see what they looked like. Every once in a while, one of them would hear a cue, stub out her cigarette, go up to the microphone, and start singing something like this. And this, too, in its own way, is radio, and you have no idea what I'm wearing, just as well. Let's finish with another dash of Jai Pong, and a credit to the producer who gathered the Javanese cassettes and made an album out of them, Yale Evelev, who shortly thereafter joined David Byrne and started the Luwaka Bop label, and who to this day puts out wonderful, crazy records like this. back in a fortnight with something completely different for you and you. Mom.